Tarbosaurus, the mightiest ever, parts one and two, review. Prehistoric Podcast! <laughs> Welcome back to the Prehistoric Podcast. We didn't post last week because Dylan took a vacation to Florida. See any dinosaurs down there? Yeah, a bunch. I saw a bunch of ibises. Ibises? Well, that's... Oh, I did you see any uh, non-avian dinosaur exhibits? Yeah, we saw an exhibit with animatronic life-size dinosaurs. Which ones did they have? Any, they had a anything T-Rex with spikes. And I, I was, I was mad a about T Rex that. with spikes, and you were mad about it, huh? Any yeah. feathers on it? Nope. Um, did they have a Tarbosaurus? No. Did they have any Cenozoic animals? No, they they had t they had a Cenozoic exhibit, but it wasn't animatronic. It was just skeletons. Uh, okay, which skeletons did they have? Anything they had, notable? Uh, Glyptodon and uh, Sabertooth cool. and Cave Bears and stuff. How did it compare to that Glyptodon we saw at the Carnegie Museum? It was just a statue. Well, on to the meat of the topic. We are back on the YouTube channel, Earth Planet, one of our favorite YouTube channels, definitely. They got a ton of content. It's almost probably more content than what you pay for when you get Curiosity Stream, at least in terms of dinosaur content, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And uh, we watched Tarbosaurus 1, The Mightiest Ever, Tarbosaurus 2, the mightiest ever, part 2. And there is a Tarbosaurus 3, but it's in Polish. But luckily, it has nothing to do with the plots from part 1 and 2. Like the other dinosaur movie we watched from them, which was called what? Land of Dinosaurs. Land of Dinosaurs. This, this one had a plot, and I will say I was a little bit disappointed that they recycled the patch name. What do you think? Yeah. Our main character again is Patch. No, they probably the other the walking with dinosaurs is newer, so Okay. They, they stole the, the, the T Rex name from the, the Truodon. The Truodon was Patch and then the main Tarbosaur and Tarbosaurus in this movie is also Patch because he has like some coloration or pattering on his And Patch on his didn't snap. have any type of patch. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Truodon did. We didn't see any discernible patch on the patch Truodon. Um, I'm half convinced that the narrator that provided the English translation was a computer anyway, just because of the funky pronunciations. Dylan, how did he say Velociraptors? He said Velociraptor, and another Velociraptor. one he pronounced Microraptor, Microraptor. Microraptor. Yeah, we were laughing about this. Uh, this announcer when we were watching it. It was all understandable, an excellent translation. I don't think these guys, you know, their original works are not in English is my guess. Well, tell us a little bit about Tarbosaurus, Dylan. Tarbosaurus was from the late Cretaceous period and was a Tyrannosaur. It looks pretty much exactly like the Jurassic Park T-Rex in the movie. Yeah, so just... Pretty much all Tyrannosaurs look like Jurassic Park T-Rex, to be fair. that we They may have had, fet, like, some feathers. Certain Tyrannosaurs... Some had like, heavy feathers. Some like had heavy feathers, like Eutyrannus and... Uh, and uh, Gorgosaurus. Gorgosaurus, exactly, and Nanook Tyrannus. Um, but there's no 
evidence, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, that Tyrannosaurus Rex had or any feathers. Or Tarbosaurus. Let's talk about the bite force. What do we got going on there? It had a five tons bite force versus the T-Rex had a six and a half bite force. The movie claimed it was seven tons bite force. Yeah, so they maybe inflated the bite force a little bit in the movie, but we'll allow it. This is a six ton animal. And then how much does a T-Rex weigh? Seven to nine tons. So a little bit smaller, but still definitely a huge predator. They found the fossils mainly in Mongolia and exclusively in the Gobi Desert. Yeah. So where where exactly was this movie set? It was in the Korea. Korean Peninsula. So if you're looking at a map, you got Mongolia to the north of China, and then the desert goes into the into China from Mongolia and then if you go straight east you're on the Korean Peninsula. So I don't know. What do you think, Dylan? Could Tarbosaurus have ranged that far? Yeah. And also it said that the Korea Peninsula wasn't even a peninsula back then. Okay, it was attached to mainland China? Yeah. Okay, well that makes more sense. And you know, not every area is a good place for preserving fossils. You need a lot of conditions to be sort of perfect for fossils to be able to be formed. So just because we haven't found Tarbosaurus in Korea doesn't mean it wasn't there. So Dylan, why don't you walk us through how this how this movie starts? So there's a little baby called Patch. And how big was the baby? The baby was like, a, imagine a, a baby T Rex. The size of a chicken, maybe. Yeah, it was like, like a, even the Velociraptor was way bigger. Yeah, it was like a cat, like a small cat size Tyrannosaur, and it's kind of running around after a dragonfly. And even the Velociraptor is way bigger than the, the baby. Didn't the movie start out with the little Tyrannosaur in the woods kind of like and yipping the and, and he ran into the Velociraptor territory? And then the Velociraptor started chasing him and they like like tripped over logs. It yeah, they really were funny. tripping over logs and falling off logs and running into trees. So we thought it was pretty funny. The animation was not as smooth as Walk with Walk of the Dinosaur or what was the other March one? of the Dinosaurs. March of the Dinosaurs. Thank you, Dylan, for your good memory. The animation was still good. It just you could tell it was made a lot earlier, and the Velociraptors were what was up with their designs. They they didn't have feathers. Yeah, they didn't have feathers yet in that movie, so you could tell that the March of the Dinosaurs had a lot more was relying a lot a lot more on the most up to date information because the even the Tyrannosaurs in March of the Dinosaurs were feathered, yeah. and the Gorgosaurus was completely covered in feathers. So, but these were more like miniature Jurassic Park Velociraptors, and some of them had like brightly colored skin, though. Remember, some were like purple and red, and, and they had all kinds of cool white colors. White and black was black spots. Yeah, they were definitely cool looking, and in this movie, put forward the pack hunting hypothesis, which is you, if you want to get some people riled up on a paleontology board. Start asking about pack hunting and theropods, and and you'll start a fight. But we we're we're sort of on the pack hunting fan yeah. club for Velociraptors. Yeah. We believe I don't necessarily think T Rex hunted in packs, but they did show in March of the Dinosaurs Albertosaurus hunting in a pack, but Gorgosaurus hunting by itself. So that was kind of Albertosaurus was also a smaller Tyrannosaur. Yeah. 
So they showed it more like what you would think it would be where one apex predator, you know, sort of controlled a large territory and they only sort of left that territory. The males would if they needed to find a, a, a mate to make, you know, make more tyrannosaurs. And then they'd go back to the territory, wouldn't they? <laughs> um, I think that they probably would and we can, and in the second episode that doesn't necessarily happen so we can get to that. But in the movie, continuing on, that the little baby dinosaurs are yipping and making like, and then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. in, later on, they, they're like playing, and then the the two of them go hide behind a bush, and one of them chasing a dragonfly, and then uh, the yes. Velociraptor jumps out and kills it. Yeah, he, he eats one of the babies, and then the mom comes back, but it's a little too late. And then what are we, we, we're seeing a starving situation, which is, so mom has to again leave, and they're hunting after a herd of Tacentosaurus, right? Sintosaurus. Sintosaurus. Okay, the T is it's silent. It's the same thing as Pteranodon. No, I gotcha. The T, yeah, you are, you are the pronunciation expert, so I rely on you for that. But that's a Hadrosaur. Which is a um, duck-billed dinosaur. Yeah, duck -billed. It's the descendants of the Iguanodon family. Yeah, so basically these are like the cows of the of of the Cretaceous. These are basically um, pack pack herbivores that are chomping on conifers. And something I have to point out is in the the movie the Centaurus were really slow. They were so slow, and they walked. They had a really weird gait. They were kind of like waddling almost, right? Yeah. They but were in real super life, slow. scientists believe they'd be able to run very fast. Hmm. The Centaurosaurus specifically or Hadrosaurus? Hadrosaurus. Okay. I didn't know about that. That's a, a, something I'm learning right and now. And they don't even have very good defenses, so it makes sense. So what's crazy about the, the Centaurosaurus is it had a very distinctive crest. It had basically just a big bone like a unicorn bone coming out of the top middle of its head sort of pointing back right yeah and no, it's just pointing straight up yeah so we are reading about the history of this like head spike tube thing coming off of its head and early theories had some wild theories what did they think Snorkel? Someone put forward a snorkel. Why would it be a snorkel? They thought it would go under the sea and just have that thing poking out. Yeah, it would be eating like like seaweed out of like low swampy areas or something. They thought maybe it used the snorkel to breathe. So that's kind of a funny thing. And they also thought theory. it was a, a branch deflector. From yeah, someone put when it was running. Yeah, it would use that. But once they figured out a specimen where it showed its true position. That was kind of, A, it wasn't strong enough to do that. B, it doesn't have the right position to be of any use for that purpose. They think it was mainly for display, but it was also actually a nasal passage, and it could make low-frequency noises through it to kind of communicate distress and warnings for predators and things. So it could actually make, when we say low-frequency, that means that a human ear probably wouldn't even be able to hear it. Yeah. Kind of like a dog whistle. So you think Tarbosaurus wouldn't be able to hear it either? I don't know. I don't. It depends on if if like a like Jojo our dog could hear it. So I don't know if a Tarbosaurus had a spectrum of hearing similar to a dog, or if it had a spectrum of hearing more similar to a human. Well, the, in Jurassic Park, 
They always say its it senses aren't very good. It. Senses <laughs> yeah. are like really good. Like smell and sight are like the best. It would it would stand to reason that a T Rex or a Tyrannosaur probably could hear pretty well too. But I don't think that I know anything about that to make a comment on that. But that would be something that our audience could comment on. You could be our very first comment if you answer that question. What do you think? Another thing is, is in the movie, they showed them walking exclusively on two legs. So Dylan and I looked up Synthosaurus facts and, you know, they're noted on, say, Wikipedia as being quadrupeds that would sometimes stand on two legs when they were eating or looking around for predators. But if you look at the skeletons... And all these different museums, it shows them more like they were in the movie, walking around on two legs. So, it's not really clear to me if they were quadrupeds, but or or bipedal, or in, potentially... In most documentaries I've seen, they, they run on two legs and walk on four. Okay, so, and another factoid I dug up said that hadrosaurids, the family hadrosaurids might have been what they called faculative bipeds, meaning the young might have walked around bipedally, but as they got older, they moved on to four legs. But in the movie, they were exclusively, they were super slow, like lumbering, kind of waddling, weird unicorn things, and then they would sit, and they were quacking constantly, right? They were like making like quacking noises. And they said, they're, they were doing like a, the males were doing a fighting dance, and there were a bunch of females standing around, and they said the females are waiting silently to see who will win, and they're like, <gasps> yeah, <gasps> oh yeah, that, silently. we had a good laugh at that, it said the females are waiting silently, they were behind them just like quacking as loud as they possibly could. So if that was silent, maybe we didn't understand who the females were. I don't know. But the hadrosaurs were, were having their little bout, the Centaurosaurus herd. are you ready to talk about the, the part two? Oh, well, did we get to the end of part one where our protagonist, Patch, is following his mom and his brother kicks the bucket and, and he, probably got eaten by a scavenger, but they didn't show that. Probably a velociraptor. He died of Or of a thirst. velociraptor. I mean, a, a velociraptor. I don't forget how to pronounce it. Velociraptor. <laughs> they had a really weird pronunciation, but we got to see the pack hunting in action. The velociraptors take down a centalosaurus. And then the Tarbosaurus immediately... Yep. And they had, like, a funny version of the battle where it'd be, like... Sintosaurus versus Velociraptors, and the Velociraptors defeated the Sintosaurus. Velociraptors went, Aah! and then the, it immediately said, Tarbosaurus wins, the Tarbosaurus Yeah, wins. They, they, they remixed some of the battles from these documentaries in the Little Who Would Win videos, where they take battles from their documentaries and re-edit them into, like, really funny, like, wrestling match type setups, which is pretty funny. So if you go to the Earth Planet channel, they have a whole Dinosaur Battles playlist but what's funny is I was saying that was a, like a documentary trope, right? It's basically every single time a small predator in a movie takes down something, you just know some other large predator is going to come and bully them off of their kill. And a lot of times it's even another predator of the same species that's just bigger. Like the female mom will take something down and then a male yeah, like will the wander in. Yeah, like the Demetrodon. But in this, later in part two... When the Tarbosaurus kills a Centaurosaurus, the Velociraptors just hang out 
And after Patch eats his fill, after our Tarbosaurus eats his fill, the Velociraptor still had like half of the dinosaur left to meal on after they were... So all they needed to do was just wait wait until the, until the mom was done eating, right? Yeah, and the, uh, when tar the Patch grew up, he made his first kill of a Protoceratops, and then the mom chased him off. <laughs> the mom was taking care of him until he made his first kill. Yeah, so basically once once Patch proved he was a good hunter, he got booted out of the out of the roost. His mom said, "You got to hit the road." What else happened? And and should we spoil the rest of Tarbosaurus too? No. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Anything else? But I instead of spoiling the rest, you guys, we we I guess if you've gotten this far, you've heard plenty of spoilers. But another thing that was in the uh, in the Tarbosaurus documentaries is they had a lot of volcanic activity. What would you say? They said it was 80 million years? Yeah. We were saying during this, like, maybe they were putting forth the theory that it was volcanoes, and maybe this was when there was a bigger debate between the asteroid Chicxulub impactor and people that thought maybe it was volcanoes. And why did you say impactor instead of impact? Um, they call the asteroid the impactor. The asteroid itself, the impact is the event. So I guess take your pick as how you want to refer to it. What it was is I went and looked it up, and I guess there was a study. There's these giant mega volcanoes that were right around the time of the dinosaur extinction called the Deccan Traps. And two different independent studies dated these starting, and they were within a couple hundred years of the Chicxulub impact event. It was like many, several million years when the, the movie took place. Right. Well, they were saying that that perhaps... Now, the timing in the movie doesn't work for this because it was millions of years. But they think that these, event, that these volcanoes may have started erupting up to 400,000 years before the, the Chicxulub impact event. Yeah, so, but they definitely didn't start 80 million years ago. Yeah, no, they didn't. So the... the Timing didn't work, but these volcanoes, just to give you an idea of scale, were expelling 135,000 cubic miles of lava. And just to put that into perspective, when Kilauea volcano in Hawaii erupted, how much did it expel? Just one half, and people considered that to be a huge volcano. Yeah, so it expelled a half a cubic mile versus 135 thousand cubic miles of lava so we think so, some people think that the dinosaurs were on their way out and then the asteroid came and just sealed their fate but i think that they if the asteroid hadn't struck they most of the dinosaurs would have survived well a lot of i think there are still a great number of them would have went extinct but there are some people that think that instead of it just kind of slowly pouring out when the asteroid hit, it caused a disturbance that made the that like made the volcanoes erupt faster or more violently than they otherwise would have. Basically, instead of a slow burn, it became a fast burn. But my point is, you think that the dinosaurs would have still been alive today if that asteroid hadn't struck? I do think that some non-avian dinosaurs would have survived 
if the asteroid did not strike. So I would agree with you there. I don't know if a paleontologist or a geologist would agree. That would be an interesting conversation for sure, but I agree with you for what it's worth. I agree with... <laughs> um, so it wasn't the first time, though, that ancient megavolcanoes caused an extinction event because the Siberian traps caused the Great Death, and that ended the Permian and wiped out 95% of terrestrial life and 70% of the ocean. Yeah. Wait, it was... No, it was 90% of the ocean, 70% on land. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, I had those numbers wrong. Yeah. It, what, the point is, is that was a lot of death ca caused pretty much ex conclusively by volcanic activity in Siberia. And then it gave, and then it killed the synapsids, and then the dinosaurs took over. Well, we think that the synapsids were 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 descendants of the dinosaurs, so at least no descendants of mammals. The point is, is some form of them must have must have survived. But that's a that's maybe a topic for another podcast. What do you think? Yeah. So, the Tarbosaurus 1, Mightiest Ever, Tarbosaurus 2, The Mightiest Ever. We're not going to spoil Tarbosaurus 2. Yeah, <laughs> Tarbosaurus 2, we won't spoil that too much, but rest assured, you will be on the edge of your seat as you follow Patch's journey. Now, it, it those are definitely worth watching. You can tell that they're dated just because of how they made their dinosaurs. And we have a lot more better information, but they were still, if you're a fan of dinosaur narratives and dinosaur stories that are sort of in a documentary type of form, but still tell a story and don't have lots of like interviews cutting them up, that's a type of uh, documentary we, we really enjoy, right Dylan? Yeah. Not that we don't like other types, but it is nice to, when you get a pure story every once in a while that kind of teaches you something too. Yeah. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed the show. I'd encourage you to go over to prehistoricpodcast.com and check out the show notes. We always upload lots of cool facts and YouTube videos and things like that on each post, so hope to see you over there.